what pops up a beer or a cold libation Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme I went and took a call from brother Jason And he tells me that he has a little dream He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast And I ask him what you got He said I'll start off with some talking And some moody clips of popcorn fighting Fantasy explorations and some groundness exploitation Kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxing Full month horror movie marathon Sometimes I'll let the dogs come on Contest and of course you know it's all about games I said slow down let's just start with the name It's the Nerds RPG Variety Podcast With the other Jason This has been kind of a tough week. We've got, of course, the COVID pandemic thing going on. We've also lost two people this week, um, neither due to COVID. Although COVID's definitely taken people. Um, one to early onset Alzheimer's and one to cancer. Both are insidious, horrible killers that, you know, they're not taking a seat while COVID's doing its thing. They're still out there killing people. So please, please well, I'm sure anybody that knows anybody suffering from any of those things is aware of that. Um, so this, and I've been really busy at work. I've got one of those jobs. I can't telework. I you know, it's a central job, which I'm not complaining. I have the job and it's an important job. So that's cool. But, you know, it cuts into my free time a little bit, which is totally understandable. We're in a national crisis right now, worldwide crisis right now. And that takes precedence over gaming, but you still have to have a little bit of release. So hopefully I have some interesting things for you this episode. I give a shout out to a company that needs your help. I answer a call, I do an unboxing and I review a movie. There you go. So, on with the show. I want to do a shout-out to a company. Um, So, everybody's hurting right now. Or a lot of people are hurting. And and I feel bad for that. I'm very fortunate that I have a job still. But, you know, one of the companies that you've probably seen products for on DriveThruRPG, Fat Goblin Games. Fat Goblin Games is in trouble. I don't know how much trouble. They sent an email out. They put a post up on their Facebook and all. From what I understand, I don't do Facebook. but So I'm, I'm assuming it's fairly serious. Basically, due to the conventions being... They put out a lot of products that are support products. They have a thousand, over a 1,000 products on RPG. Most of them, they have like stock art and they do... Um, they have adventures. They have adventures. They do have some RPGs. I'll talk about them here in a little bit. They they have things for 5e, they have things for Pathfinder, they have some steampunk stuff for Pathfinder again. Um, they do tiny D6 stuff, they have a their own um, RPG systems called Difference Engine and Versus M. I've got some of the Difference Engine games and I really like them, I've been meaning to put a review out and I haven't done it. They do maps, um, but anyhow, they, they sent out an email, this email saying that they're really in trouble with all the conventions being canceled and they're they're just struggling for for income right now and says that you know he's he's a sole provider for his family six wife has a chronic illness so he's just asking people if they can help by you know buying some of their products they're doing a sale right now so if if you have any discretionary income and you want to peruse 
Fat Goblin Games on Drive Through RPG, and if there's something there that grabs your fancy a lot, there's a ton of stuff for, you know, a buck or less. Um, maybe go look and, and check it out. I, I think the Difference Engine games are pretty neat. I will, and they have stock art for everything from, you know, Fantasy to World War Two to, they put out stuff for um, Starfinder, is that a, yeah, Starfinder. They put all kinds of stuff out. Um, but go check them out. If there's something they have that looks interesting to you that you can buy, then great. If not, then, you know, that's understandable. But it's definitely, like I say, if you have a little bit of discretionary income, it might not hurt to take a look and see if there's something you can buy to help them out. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Well, maybe it's your auntie or a joke by your spouse, but the operator's screaming is coming from inside the house. Hey, Jason, Holy Adventurer here. Uh, just listened to your episode about all the gaming you did last weekend. Five games, man. I am envious. I was uh, supposed to play in a game, an OSC game, last night, and I didn't get canceled. It just got kind of bumped uh, because of a, an Into the Odd game that the same group is playing, and they had a lot of momentum on Wednesday evening, and they wanted to carry it through to Thursday evening, and I was invited to create a character and play, but I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it, uh, but I ended up hanging out and listening to the game, and it was very cool, although not a lot of... Uh, mechanics involved really so I don't have any better sense now than I did going in about how Into the Odd works um, but it was cool hanging out with them I ended up getting a lot of work done on the Glaive Kickstarter while I was hanging out and uh, yeah so I guess I got some tangential gaming in <laughs> anyway running out of time have a good one buddy that was Lonely Venture from the Camping with Owlbearers podcast and the Glaive Kickstarter that we're anxiously awaiting how dare he play RPGs while he has to get Glaive out the door? I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, you know, I played Into the Odd. Pete Jones of Dragons of Real ran it, a modified version of it for a, one of the Hammer Horror series of games that we're doing on the Audio Dungeon Discord. And I couldn't tell you anything about the mechanics either. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, it, it, it seemed to work fine for that game, but I, I couldn't tell you how the game... how how Into the Odd works. I, I've got it. I haven't taken the time to read it, to be honest. I've got the original. I, don't, I didn't back Bastion Land. Um, other than that, yeah, um, five games on the weekend sounds like a lot. Usually I'll get, on my weekends off, I'll get three in. I work every other weekend, so, you know, it, it probably evens out when you look at how many games a month. You know, if I get three or four games in on a weekend and one or two a week every other week, that still puts me at less than a dozen games a month. So I don't know how many other people are getting in a month. Um, like this week, I didn't get in any. Well, yeah, I don't think I got any in this week. And I'm I'm working this weekend. You know, I, I was going to play, I was going to run my Bushido game. I was finally ready to run that. But, you know, other real life got in the way. And same thing, Dave Aldridge ran a, the Black Hat game, but I didn't have a chance to participate in that. So I missed out on any gaming this week and then I don't know about next week we'll see hopefully I'll get to do something next weekend you know provided I'm off um, but you know these are extraordinary times and that in a good way but you know during times of 
a crisis and whatnot, it's going to cut back into your, your time off. So I personally try to make gaming a priority when I'm off. I'll try to work other things around it and get in as many games as I can. I'm trying to, because I'm, you know, not going to be around forever. I'm, I'm sure I'm in, you know, on, on the back half now anyhow. So I just kind of prioritize that to get in what I can because you, you never know if you're going to be here tomorrow. So anyhow, wow, that's kind of depressing. Let's go to something fun like an unboxing. What's in the basket, Easter eggs? I have two things to unbox today. They're actually not unboxings as much as they are mystery on enveloping, I guess, because they're both in standard USPS yellow envelopes, these padded envelopes they use. So the first one is 7 by 9 by about, I don't know, half an inch, maybe a little thicker than that. We kind of know what this is because it's from Phil Reed, and we all remember Phil Reed. does some really cool Kickstarter stuff. Um, so let's see what Phil sent me this time. This bag isn't making a whole lot of noise when I open it. Outdoor encounter cards. So I have three sets of outdoor encounter cards. Outdoor encounter cards 1, 2, and 3. Which are each a 36 card deck of inspiration for GMs. So that's pretty cool. Um, let's see what's in the other envelope. This is a really big envelope, I think, for a little book. <laughs> um, the It's 18 inches oops, by 13 inches. But I don't think what's in there is anywhere near that size. I think it's just silliness. Let's see. Yep, it's just silliness. Now, what's in here isn't silly, though. What's in here is very exciting. It's by a company called Chubby Monster Games. Now, it does have OSR on the back, which might make you worry about it. But when we turn it over and look at the front, it's the Dungeon Master's Book of Cartography, Volume 1. So we know there's more goodness in route, right? Or more goodness down the line. So the actual book is 10 by 8, not the crazy... Was that 18 by 13 or whatever? The author of this is all cartography in this book or copyright of Matt Jackson. That's right. This is Matt Jackson's thing. And, and it gives a website for new products and maps at oldschoolzine.com. So you've heard Tim Shorts at Gothridge Manor talk about this and other people talk about this, but this is... Matt Jackson's famous book of maps. And it's pretty cool. It's got... Um, so what it, what it has is there's a map on the le each left-hand page. And on the right-hand page, there's a, pl a place to take notes. So across from each map, you, you, you can put your notes of what's there. And so the, and the maps are just... They're, they're just maps. They're not already detailed out with encounters. You need to fill that in yourself, which is why the right-hand page is is open so you can do that to customize it to your campaign and then when you get to all the way back to page let's see 
page 32, after those 30 pages of maps and notes, then you have open graph paper on the left-hand side, and so the encounter paper, or you know, the place to write encounters and whatnot, on the right-hand side. And there's, well, that goes through to page 48. So you've got another, I don't know, whatever that is, math-wise, but, um, you know, a, a bunch more pages to add your own maps at the end of this. So, and, and looking at these, we've got a, a variety of different kinds of things here. There is a, like, wooded area that goes into a dungeon. There's a wooded area with kind of a stone circle thing in there. There's a, like, a little port. Looks like it might be a abandoned port. There's what's possibly a, a riverfront. There's another one with a river there. There's, he's got a lot of water-themed things here. Um, here's an interesting one. I don't know what that is in the middle, but it's a dungeon. Another dungeon. So he's got a variety of different maps, and obviously what you would do is you would, you could design your own game around all these maps, really cool maps, and then add your own maps, and then you might just have to flip back and forth a little bit to use them. But very cool, and... You know, well, we all know Matt Jackson puts out really good stuff, so it's not, it shouldn't be a surprise that it's really cool. But I'm very happy to get that. And I'm going to open one pack of these Dungeon Encounter cards just to see what, what we have in there um, from Phil Reed. The, that was the first thing I opened up a long time ago. And let's see what we have in here. So I'm opening up pack one, which actually isn't marked pack one. It's just, it just says Dungeon Encounter cards. The others say two and three. I think there was a fourth one that came out recently. I, I didn't back it. I'm not backing anything new now. But so some of these outdoor encounter cards are Restless Dead. It's got a picture of uh, Undead something coming at an adventure up top. And then it says, A long forgotten cemetery far from the people of the towns and villages of the land has been disturbed by a vile necromancer. You didn't go looking for trouble, but you undoubtedly put an end to this evil ceremony right now. You encounter a necromancer and 1d6 skeletons per party member, plus one zombie for every three skeletons. What else do we have? We have Chasm. A gash in the earth, hundreds of feet deep, stands between you and your destination. Fortunately, someone has bridged the gap with a felled tree. What could go wrong? A gang of 3d6 goblins live in the caves in the chasm and demand a toll of anyone who wishes to make use of the makeshift bridge. It's far easier to pay the fee, right? Alter of Skulls. Many miles from the main path hidden in a dark forest, this evil altar is still in use by the dark cultists who live in these woods. You have stumbled upon a dark ritual as a cult in service to ancient evils as casting the bodies of murdered vic villagers into the flames. The cultists do not appreciate you disturbing their work and attack you. So, the, and, and all these have art. So the top half of the card is art, and then the bottom half, it gives a little description and then gives you your little game encounter. So really cool, and like I say, there's, I think there's four of these now. I like I say I didn't back the fourth one unfortunately, but I did back the. I bought these first three when the third one came out. Maybe if it has a fifth one, I'll be able to pick up the fourth one. But um, yeah. So if instead of rolling your random encounters, you want to draw cards for them, Phil Reed has you covered. Very very cool. So and that is all I've got for unboxing for today. If I say sorcerer, you may think of the RPG written by Ron Edwards. 
but my first go-to will always be William Freakin's 1977 movie based on the novel Wages of Fear. There's also a French movie from a director I can't pronounce his name called The Wages of Fear from the 50s. Um, but Freakin's movie is the one I think of. And, and, and that movie, Sorcerer, with Roy Snyder, um, is, is a wonderful movie. It's, it, it's a psychological thriller. I, I, maybe wonderful is the wrong term. <laughs> it's an amazing movie. It, um, you, you know, you watch that movie today and it would all be CGI, like so many of those things. I mean, and, and Freakin' was famous for his gorilla uh, movie making, you know, doing things without permits. He, you know, when you look at the French Connection, the chase underneath the, the L train, un, underneath the elevated train and in French Connection, you know, they didn't have permits for any of that with... Um, you, you know, um, shoot, I'm brain farting on the actor's name right now, Gene Hackman driving. But The Sorcerer is, is in a, such an amazing movie. I don't, it's probably my favorite freaking movie. And and I think it's Friedkin movie. And and I want to say it's, he has said in the past that it's the one movie his he wouldn't change. So I know, I know it holds a special place in his heart as well. Um, of course, he's most famous to people these days for The Exorcist, which again is an amazing movie. But Sorcerer is what I want to mention today. Um, if you can find a copy of it to watch, I highly recommend it. It's amazing. It, so, without giving the plot away, and, and the reason I mention this one, my podcast, which is ostensibly a RPG podcast, obs- yeah, you know the word I'm trying to say, obs- basically an RPG podcast, is because it's a great way you could easily you could make a great campaign out of this as the start of a campaign. You could do it as a great way just take ideas from here how to get characters together. So the beginning of the movie you have four different men that are on the run from the law and on the run from other people. And they end up in this hellhole in South America. And due to events, they end up getting a chance to get out of there or at least making a ton of money by driving these trucks with high explosives and like I say it's very tense the stunts are amazing it's all real I mean you you watch that and you know the explosions you're seeing there they're, they're real explosions with driving the these I think there's a deuce and halves over the you know these bridges over swollen rivers and the rain and over these rickety bridges and, and on along the side of mountains. I mean, they really did all that. You know, my understanding is they dunked the trucks in the river a couple times. There was, well, freaking got malaria. They, they had something like 50 injuries throughout the the filming of the movie. You know, people got gangrene. All, I mean, it just really shows you what a mess. Oops, Colin, Spike Pit, if you're watching this, or watching, if you're listening to this, check out Sorcerer. You want to check out The Jungle. It, it's well done. Um, it's a really good movie. It, now, it's psychological thriller is what it is. So, and it and it's kind of dark. It's written in the seventies, so it's like all those movies. Whether you're talking about the French Connection has kind of a dark ending. This has kind of a dark ending. Um, what's the other one with Hackman? Um, shoot, Night Moves. Night Moves is an interesting movie, and that's got a, a dark ending. So the 70s was, it was a pessimistic time. And, and so we made dark movies back then. But it, it, 
it's just an amazing movie. The the stunts and, and the psychological you, you watch that movie and and you you're tense watching them going over this bridge and doing this. And, and if you've ever dealt with any kind of big trucks and, and things like that, we we, we didn't deuce and halves were gone by the time I got in the army. We had five tons, which are probably gone now. But you know, and I dealt with five tons a fair bit. And um yeah, five tons are it's interesting. They're interesting trucks, but tr- so I, I've got kind of an idea on the idea of ground guiding them and moving them around, and you know what it takes to keep them going, and 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 the and watching what they did in this movie is just amazing. Um, I highly recommend it. So that's a 1977 Sorcerer by William Freakin. A blue a blue that Blu-ray release came out a few years ago. Um, yeah, inter- interesting psychological study. One thing about this movie, just like all Freakin's movies, that I really appreciate is it doesn't dumb anything down for you. So if you, I mean, you have to have some clue of the world and and what's going on to understand what's happening here. They don't break down, you, you know, in the beginning what it's, well, you, I, I don't want to give too much away, but when they introduce these characters and the things they're doing wrong, they don't spell it out for you. I mean, you, you have to... You know, you have to pick the stuff up. And I'm sure everybody listening to this is savvy enough to pick it up. So I don't think that's a problem. But, you know, he doesn't dumb the movie down and spell everything out. And, you know, that was an issue with Hereditary, where they just had to spell everything out at the end. And, I mean, it's a shame. Anyhow, though, um, oh, there was one other thing. I, I don't think I mentioned it, did I? No, I don't think I mentioned the RPG aspect of it. So, well, like I said, it would be fine. You could, it'd be a great way. You could adapt it to a to a fantasy game, but it'd be a great way in like a cyberpunk game or a modern game or a space game, even. You know, so to to get the characters together, instead of you meet in the tavern, you know, you're you're all on the run for some reason or another, you know, and you let them figure that out, and they end up in this backwater nowhere country you know and they've been there for a few months and they're miserable and they want to get out and here's this chance they can get out and and that's how the group comes together and and then just to survive they they have to start relying on each other it'd be a great way to bring the group together is just throw them in the plot of this movie you know And, and you could put them there just start right off with them you know taking the job so it'd be a great way to bring the group together, and it'd be a it'd be an interesting adventure. Um, of course, what the way we are with RPGs, you'd have gorillas attacking them and gun, running gunfights and things, and it which would be pretty interesting if you had running gunfights with unstable dynamite. Um, and, and you could do this in a western, of course. This would be very easily adapted to a western. Um, I, I did a. Well, it was supposed to be a highway chase on the first session of the Altered States game I'm running for both groups. And, you know, basically, because <laughs> the characters start with so much firepower, it, they ended up just stopping and, and blowing the other cars off the road. But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I don't know if I would adapt the whole movie, but I think the way they bring the characters together would be a very good way to do it, depending on the genre. Like, say, fantasy would be a little bit harder to to do but you could do it depending on the kind of game you're running i think in carl's game carl rodriguez getting ready to run or he started running a little bit um harn and i and that's kind of a grittier 
world, a more serious world, and and in that world, you, you might do it where your characters are all on the run and and get brought together, do some kind of job. So you you know you could use it in a setting like that, definitely. Anyhow, I just wanted to mention the RPG aspect of it, but w- w- whether you, you want to adapt it or not, I, I do. I guess the movie might, depending on what generation you are and what kind of movies you like, it might or might not date well. I think it does, and and I found it very, you know, I rewatched it very recently and found it still to be very, very tense, very exciting. But I like movies from the 70s. I grew up with them, <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it depends on, on your age and your attention span, but yeah, I... I would definitely recommend um, William Freakin's Sorcerer from 77. One last thing about Sorcerer I forgot to mention. (laughs) I could do a whole podcast just on that movie. But I believe it's the first major movie to use Tangerine Dream for the soundtrack. So if you like that synth kind of, you know, electronic, you know, Tangerine tangerine Dream and, and it came in to be real heavy in the 80s, this was one of the... One of their earlier movies, definitely, if not their first major movie. So that's all I have for this podcast. Um, I hope there is something of interest to you. And I hope I didn't chase anybody away. And I look forward to talking to you all again next week. I may go to once a week due to my schedule, work, and real life events. So I I don't know whether you'll hear me, when you'll hear me again next week. It'll be sometime. I'll try to put a show out on Wednesday because um, I have to announce a winner for the contest I announced a few episodes back. So I have one submission, so there definitely will be a winner. Anyhow, I'm going to let you go. I will talk to you all later. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach me, you can leave me a voice message using the Anchor app or go to the Anchor website. I'll play it on the air and make you famous. You can also reach me in the Audio Dungeon Discord. I want to thank Ray Otis, who did the thumbnail art for this podcast. You can find him on his blog, plundergrounds.blogspot.com. And I also want to thank TJ Drennan, who provided all the music for this podcast. You can find him on Patreon at patreon.com backslash TJD. And of course, those are all my show notes. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Maybe it's your auntie or a joke about your spouse, but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Well, the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head and Question left is if I fail to shoot him dead. Bring on the gold, bring on the gold. I want some more, bring on the gold. Well, your butcher is a dustman and your moil is quite a tipper, and I'm assuming that your partner back there in the wood chipper. Don't look away. Are rising and the world is gone to hell. We're living for the dying and we're dying for the train wreck.